Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guidebooks. Hello and welcome to Trail Mix by Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. I'm Dusty. And I'm Mike. In our latest full-length episodes, we have been spending our time in both Kings Canyon and Sequoia National Park, which are in the central California Valley area. Also right near those parks is Yosemite National Park. One of the special things about Sequoia and Kings Canyon, though, is the inclusion of the sequoia tree, which is why one of the parks is named Sequoia. These trees are incredible in size, very difficult to comprehend if you have not seen them in person as far as their size goes, and are really fascinating as far as their history and their biology. There's a lot to take away and learn about the species. So today's trail mix is all about the sequoia tree. It's life, it's biology, it's discovery, and how it is not the redwood tree. What was it like for you when you saw the sequoias for the first time when we arrived in Kings Canyon? Because well, you don't see them initially necessarily, like no, driving in. No, you have to like, you know, drive in a little bit mm-hmm. and like walk out toward them. Mm-hmm. It was so funny, like when I had told people we were going to Sequoia National Park, they immediately asked, oh, are you going to see the redwood trees? And I was like, I don't think so, because I think the redwood trees are in Redwood National Park. Right. Um, I was like, I think it's sequoia trees. And they were like, oh, are they, are those as big? And I was like, I think, you know, I don't know, but I think they're pretty big. Yeah. And so. (laughs) I think um, it could be beef, Carl. Right. (laughs) Right. I was excited to see them. Right. I did not have any clue as to the actual size that they would be. Right. I just remember seeing all of these old posters and like just I remember on cartoons of like people being able to drive through like a a tree that like had a tunnel board through the bottom of it. That was where I was coming at from like fantasy lands. This is going to be like entering into the land of the lost. And it kind of was, I feel like it definitely was like a different sort of feel from any park we had been to by any means. But I think focusing specifically on those trees, because 
obviously in Kings Canyon or Sequoia, you're not just seeing sequoia trees. You are seeing all different sorts of trees. The sequoia trees themselves typically are in smaller groves where they outnumber the other trees in that area. So I think walking up the first time when we were in Kings Canyon, when we first saw the sequoias to the Grant Grove area, that was impressive because crossing the parking lot and looking at this gigantic tree that is just like a skyscraper, essentially. Something we found in our research about sequoia trees is just how people just fail with words to describe how large they are. Right. And we will do the same. Yes. As we're doing right now. Spectacularly. Spectacularly. (laughs) Right. The giant sequoia tree and the redwood tree Mm -hmm. are a part of the same genus of trees. Yeah. Genus, phylum, class, order. No. 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 Kingdom, Kingdom, phylum, phylum, class, class, order, order, family, family, genus, genus, species. Genus, species. I know that. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage. (laughs) Genus, species. Genus, species. Genus, species. She's good. That one's real good. Yeah, she's good. So they are a part of the same genus. Yeah. And they're both obviously huge trees. Yeah. They only grow in the northern hemisphere for the most part. Yeah. And they grow in elevation between four and 8,000 feet. Yeah, it's a very specific zone, which is kind of like incredible that they're there to begin with because it seems yeah. like they are very like finicky trees. Oh, they're really finicky. Yeah. Um, I am fascinated by like how like a sequoia tree actually grows. Yeah. Because or like begins to grow. Yeah. Because like apparently they like shed all of these seeds all the time cones cones yeah Yeah. but all of the things that have to line up for it to even sprout out of the stars aligning and like most of the time like in order for the cones to even open to release the seeds because the cone itself isn't the seed there has to be fire like it's usually a heat that opens those cones up that then releases that seed into the soil which starts its maybe journey towards life here's the other thing okay that I found really fascinating about sequoia trees mm-hmm. was their relationship to fire. Yes. Right? In Sequoia National Park, we found out that fires are good good and a natural yeah. part of a ecosystem's life cycle. Yep. Literally today on Instagram, Everglades National Park put up something about how a bunch of folks from Smoky Mountain National Park mm-hmm. came down to help them like do burn certain, burns. yeah, do yeah. controlled burns to restore marshland. Yeah. I mean, it is important. With sequoia trees, though, the interesting thing is they're pretty much impenetrable. Like there's really not much that will take a sequoia tree down. No, um, like they can and, stand yeah. inside of like a burning fire yeah. for months. That, and yeah. nothing and not, affects Yeah, them. not be affected. Their bark is sort of like they said, it's like asbestos. I think there's a lot of tannins in the bark, which are like things that we find in wine and tea as well. And that helps with the natural preservation because the other thing is, is that they're really impermeable to insects too. There's not like rot or anything like that that really happens to a sequoia tree. Most of the time, if a sequoia tree is going to die... Sometimes fire can do it. It it just depends. Sometimes. Sometimes. But a lot of the times it's more if they're undermined by water. Yes. Like we like, saw with the like um the, the Michigan tree. The ground flow mm-hmm. of water underneath their roots. Mm-hmm. If their roots get unsettled, it'll just be like pop. Yeah, because they have a super shallow root system. Right. Or they said strong winds. Mm-hmm. Um sometimes also I found in researching that sequoias would fall when the temperature shifts, if there's like weird differences or dramatic shifts in moisture. That's part of the reason that they don't do so well in the eastern U.S. as far as growth, despite the cold, cold winters. It's like 
high moisture content and we are like a humid part of the country. It's such a particular zone. Like talk about like she's specific. Yeah, she's real specific. She's real specific. Yeah, she doesn't get out of bed for just anybody. No, no. she doesn't. Um so it's you know, the trees themselves, despite the fact that they are finicky and may not, you know, take to the soil when they're being sprouted. It's amazing how big they're able to get and how long they live for, which like can be up to thousands of years. Oh, thousands of years. Like a young sequoia tree is around like 70 years old. Right. That's a young one. Yeah. And it's only apparently then that they'll even start like sprouting cones. Like that's the beginning of they like. Oh, okay. I thought it was even younger than that, that they were cone sprouters. No, I heard like it's like right around (laughs) 70. Right. The two most famous sequoia trees found in these two national Mm -hmm. parks are the General Sherman tree, which is in Sequoia, and the General Grant tree, which is in Kings Canyon. You can hear us talk about both of those on our long form episodes. Episodes 33, which is at Kings Canyon. Episode 34, which is our first episode in Sequoia National Park. So these two parks are next door. You can see both of them in the same day if you wanted to. The General Sherman tree is 272.4 feet tall. The perimeter of the base is 101.6 feet around and then the volume not including limbs and also not including loss uh, by burns is 49,600 cubic feet and then in the general grant tree it is 267.4 feet tall it's 107.6 feet around at the base and then 43,000 38 cubic feet in volume. Right. So when we say that the General Sherman is the largest tree in the world, we mean that by volume. We don't mean it by height because that's where our friends the redwoods come in because redwoods are much taller, although they are narrower. But by volume, sequoias tend to, you know, hold the lead there. Redwoods are the basketball players and sequoias are the football players. Sure, we'll go with that. Yeah. Right. The linebackers of the our linebackers tree world. Linebackers of our tree world. Mm-hmm. They've been known by other names in their existence and their discovery. They were called just Big Tree. They've also been called sequoias, Sierra Redwoods, and then finally giant sequoias. So that is the official name that the federal government uses now to describe Mm -hmm. them, which is giant sequoia trees. Talk about specificity. Federal government. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Right. Big sequoia. They've been around for a long time, over thousands of years. So native peoples had many interactions with these trees. As we learned when we were at the fallen monarch, that tree was used for a variety of purposes by native peoples that had discovered the grove of sequoias. So... All of the info that we're bringing you today is from nps.gov, one of the greatest, thank you, NPS, one of the greatest websites we have. And there is a lot written about the sequoia trees. They have an entire sort of like... Treatise on the sequoia. Yeah, Yeah. on the sequoia Mm -hmm. trees, where we pulled a lot of this info from. Now, they have a lot of info about like the first white people that saw the sequoia trees and and who they were and what they discovered and how they named it. And um, if you are interested in reading that, you know what? Go (laughs) for it and find it, because we're not going to talk about that here. Um, Let's talk about sequoias versus redwoods. Great. 
because these are the two big friends of the tree world. Right. The one thing I will say, there was a 64-year gap between the, the discovery of the first Redwood to the discovery of the first Sequoia. So it was quite a long time before that um, those discoveries kind of happened apart from one another, or those viewings, I shall say. Sure. Sure. <laughs> yes. You look at me with disdainful eyes. Discovered. Right. Discovered is entirely relative in yeah, that situation. It's true. Discovered because I decided to write it down right. and publish it. I claim this tree for Spain. No. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about sequoias and redwoods. Okay. Obviously, a lot of people get them confused. Because mm-hmm. they're big. Because they're both big trees. Mm-hmm. But they are different. Their natural habitat is different. Yeah. The natural habitat of the giant sequoia tree is this area of like 250 miles, like right along the Western slopes of the Sierra Nevadas in central California at an elevation between 4,000 and 8,000 feet. But the redwoods grow mostly near the Pacific ocean along Northern, the Northern California coast. And they're basically in a continuous belt of about 450 miles long and about 15 miles wide, which is pretty interesting to see them all kind of like one little, one little sliver. Yeah. They reproduce differently. Both of them reproduce from seeds, but the redwood trees. Yeah. But redwoods can actually develop sprouts from cut stumps, roots, and bulbs or burls. Sorry. Not bulbs. Burls. <laughs> My name is Ooh, Burl. Burl. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Genus species. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she just says, Ooh, Burl. <laughs> Ooh, Burl. Okay. So the foliage. The foliage for a giant sequoia tree is scaly. It's scaly and it looks like junipers, mm. whereas redwood foliage. They're like hemlock tree needles. Yeah. 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 They were a little softer looking, I think. <laughs> yeah. The shape and size. Let's talk about that. We, as we said, the giant sequoias are the largest tree in the world by volume. It has an immense trunk with a slight taper towards the top. But the redwoods tend to be the taller of the trees and they m- are much more slender. Mm-hmm. They're svelte. The svelte. The svelte, yeah. Their wood is a little different. The giant sequoia tree wood is a, a little rougher than that of its friend, the redwood. To be honest, too, the sequoia trees aren't good for logging. So initially, you know, there was a lot of concern, which is why this national park was designated for the protection of an organism. There was a lot of concern that logging was going to come in and actually like decimate these trees. Well, there were some problems there. First of all, there was some logging that did happen. However, the immense size of the trees and the need to get into these mountainous regions and then cart this wood out was very difficult. That's Mm -hmm. like thing number one that saved the sequoias. Thing number two is that their their wood is actually not great for like it's pretty brittle in the grand scheme of things and it doesn't really like the make grand s- scheme. the grand scheme it doesn't really make sense to like use it as a material part of the way that sequoias dodged the bullet of distinction by logging was these two things and then very swiftly upon discovery by multiple people and you know outcry from conservationists sequoias were like the groves were bought up or the government like you know through eminent domain or whatnot because that's the thing they like to throw around, um, secured the land or purchased the land that preserved these groves and these areas of sequoias. And the other main difference is the color of their bark. The giant sequoia tree is a bright reddish brown. Mm -hmm. The redwood tree is like a chocolate brown. Yeah, chocolate. Chocolate. In recent years, they have tried to grow giant sequoia trees in other places. It's not exactly the easiest thing, as we had said, but there are in several 
places trees that are more than 50 years of age um, and showing rapid growth. They're typically found in the warmer parts of the U.S. in many places and also in many places in southern and central Europe. So it gives researchers and botanists great pause to know that these trees actually are pretty adaptable. They don't, as I said, do too well in very like wet, humid climates, so the east is not a great spot for them. In order for the sequoias to survive, it has to have a moderate winter, low summer humidities. Usually in its normal habitat, it's a minimum of about 10 degrees Fahrenheit in winter and a maximum of about 85 degrees in the summer. There's really not a lot of rain, about 25 to 30 inches, and winter snows that accumulate up to depths of 12 feet. Summer rains are rare. So again, we got things that are very particular to make this tree species grow. But it is a comfort to know that this is a, a pretty important tree in the grand scheme, grand scheme of the plant kingdom. And it's a beautiful thing that people really should be lining up to see. And it's a comfort to know that there are these efforts to be able to grow them elsewhere so the species can be continued. It's incredible that there's this small sliver in California where these trees grow, and we're so lucky to have that. So, Dusty. I'm ready. We're going to play a game about tree idioms. Oh. So, I'm going to give you a clue, and you need to give me the idiom. Okay, great. Okay. Tom Hanks and his son Colin are prime examples of this idiom. While both are actors, they also radiate the nice guy aura and are spitting image of one another. You would not say this about his other son, Chet, who's pursuing a music career as a rapper and a general hot mess of a human. While I wouldn't say they look exactly alike. They look very similar. They look similar. Okay. What's the idiom? Um, the <laughs> idiom is that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. That is correct. This is a common phrase you might hear from your middle class parents when, as a child, you wanted a Tamagotchi but also longed to take ballet classes in New York. City and generally had champagne tastes on a beer budget. What is uh, money doesn't grow on trees? That's correct. Thank you for doing it in your parents' voice. Um, that was neither of my parents <laughs> at all. Money doesn't grow on trees, Justin. Um, all right. Cher's pursuing of Christian in the movie Clueless is a prime example of this idiom for not knowing her love interest is gay, but pursuing him without abandon anyway until realizing that he is in fact a cake eater. Oh, mm, I don't know if I know this one. If you were pursuing someone, but they were oh, gay. Oh, um, barking up the wrong tree. That's correct. <laughs> there we go. And lastly, no, if I were pursuing someone <laughs> and they were gay, that would right, work sorry, out. But yes. you were, they were straight. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That would work out. That would work out. And they lived happily ever after. And Goodbye, everybody. This end. has been our show. Um, okay. And lastly, when you are so fixated on the small details of your home, like the paint color of your front door, that you have been to the hardware store 10 times to change colors, that you forget that your home is a total wreck and needs a full on HGTV renovation. Oh, mm. oh, this one's tough. Mm -hmm. What is um looking at the branch when the whole tree is collapsed? I don't know. Mm, you're like kind of in the right neighborhood. It's can't see the forest for the trees. Oh, yeah. I see. Yes, got it. I got it. And that's our game. That tree idioms. Great. This has been Trail Mix by Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. 
And we're here to remind you to hike early and hike often, and that adventure is always out there. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. To see images of sequoia trees taken on the trails of Sequoia National Park and Kings Canyon National Park, follow our Instagram at gazeatthenationalparks. To contact us, email us at gazeatthenationalparks at gmail.com. And to find out more about these national parks and other parks mentioned on our show, visit our website, gazeatthenationalparks.com. All original artwork featured on our website and on Instagram is by Michael Ryan. All original music is by Dave Seaman and performed by Dave Seaman, Mariella Klinger, and Sean Sklios. Our music producer is Skylar Fortgang. This episode was edited by Dustin Ballard. (laughs) 